Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is our advice guy, Brandon Flippin. How's it going, man? It's going great. I've been uh, prepping for this episode all week. I'm pretty excited. And uh, how about you? How are you feeling today? Well, apparently I'm feeling annoying because my number one pet peeve is when people start off a podcast episode by being like, how are you, man? Like... (laughs) I think when we started the podcast, that was the number one thing. I'm like, I want to be the first podcast that starts with anything other than, how you doing, man? How was your weekend, man? Because I can't stand it. It's we like did talk about it. Ever. We're like, we want to get right into the topic. <laughs> None of this, like, talking about our life for the five, first 10 minutes. And then be like, wait, what's this episode about? But I guess you're just going off the rails today. Yeah, no, like, literally, it is the worst. And I know that sounded like... <laughs> not a couple of uh, or not not what you want to hear from guys who are about to give advice is you know going off script but sometimes in life you have to go off script and uh, look at that I'm improving things here. look at this look guy at tying this everything guy. in I'm tying up loose ends here this is our advice episode we've only done this one other time we had a lot of fun doing it it was like 10 episodes ago the way that this works is we put a thing out all week where you can actually enter in whatever you want advice on on our Instagrams. I'm at Stephen Russell B. You're at Brandon J. Flippin now. Yep. Brandon just changed his Instagram handle. Um, we also accept if someone just wants to shoot us a DM if it's a little bit longer and it's too tough to type into the little box. So we've got a number of different questions here. They're all over the board. Like some of these are really serious. Some of these are complete jokes. Some of these are definitely up for interpretation and a little bit harder to know exactly what the person was looking for but to be honest i think that's kind of fun because i feel like a big part of the podcast is just we we can make a lot out of a little (laughs) a lot of times and uh a little out of a lot we're just a couple real naturals here wait we make a little out of a lot i don't know i just feel like i needed if i said one then i had to say the other i felt like i was trying to be poetic dude you're a poet and i think you do know it to be honest I'm a poet who does know it, and uh, I'm letting you know. <laughs> that right. being the case, anything you want to mention before we just go right into the advice questions? Well, probably uh, a good thing to mention, and I think we did this a bunch of times last episode, we are by no means experts on life or the topics that we're about to touch on. This is just something to incorporate uh, you know, a conversation with those of you who listen to the show. And uh, I think it's even if maybe you don't like our advice on something, I think it's good sometimes to get a different perspective, to, to hear it from uh, people who might see things a different way than you and, and see if you can contribute it to your, to your situation. Or maybe it makes you realize that you don't want to do that, and that's cool too. So I just wanted to throw that out there, and uh, I'm excited to, to dive into it. Yeah, really good point. We are uh, definitely not saying that we are the experts on any or all the subject matter in which we are going to talk about here today, but we will kind of do what we have always done just as each other's friends, which is we kind of bring, I mean, a lot of how the podcast originated was we would bring something to the table that we were struggling with, um, and sometimes we would get into kind of heated discussions on it. It's not like it was always the easiest thing to bring up your issues with someone because they may not always agree with you, but holding people accountable and uh, really just trying to give them a a different perspective on things, especially when you're feeling a bit emotional. We all know uh, when we're emotional, our our thought process is quite a bit different than when we're in a more logical kind of middle state of mind. Yeah, when you're in your equilibrium, that can be a lot different. 
Exactly. Yeah, equilibrium is a good way to put it. So for this first one, this is a very, very broad question, but I think it's something that we can all relate to. When it comes to reaching our life goals, Brandon, what is this, your general advice on reaching life goals? Yeah, I think um, one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to butcher it, so it's going to sound like it's not one of my favorite quotes, but it's essentially, <laughs> I think, uh, a dream without a plan is just a wish. Um, and I've mentioned this before on the show, but it, uh, essentially you can have things that you want to strive for and ambitions and uh, a lot of hope to get there. But if you don't have a plan to get there, uh, it, it becomes kind of um, unobtainable. And I think uh, that's when it comes to when you think of reaching life goals, I think establishing some sort of plan uh, to go along with that ambition is is key because you know, people talk about manifestation and just like thinking things into action, but you have to actually put action down and you have to be consistent. And, um, not that your, your plan has to remain stagnant. Not, you know, if it, let's say, you know, you have a plan to, to get a six pack and part of that plan is doing abs every single day. You know, maybe you find that after like doing it a month, you're not really feeling great about only working out on your abs or something. It just it doesn't feel like it's giving you the results or something. Maybe you adjust it. Say, all right, well, I'm going to work out. You know, I'm still going to work out every day, but four days a week I'll do more of an ab-centric workout. Basically, I'm just trying to uh, paint uh, a, a simple picture of uh, you can you can make adjustments on the fly and the ability to adapt during your plan, but having that structure to kind of go along with reaching those goals is going to be so paramount to actually uh, finding yourself in that place. And I know that definitely, I I think your YouTube channel is a really good uh, depiction of, you know, not that you've reached every goal that you want to reach on there, but you have reached this goal of of being monetized and it took a plan to get there. So, I mean, you can go ahead and talk about what you think about this. Well, I really like how you said the like the the planning part of reaching your goal because that's that's really true i do think that a big part of what has kept me in my personal life on a good track of where it kind of comes across as like i don't know steady improvement like if you if you just look at where i go i get a little bit better every single year i feel like a big part of it is just that i'm i have a lot of plans like i have a lot of plans and goals if you actually like were to sit down with me and say, where do you want to be in a month? I could probably actually talk to you about that for five minutes about all the things I would want to get done, whether from workout plans, um, social media plans. Like I'm very, very like I pick little minor things to work on in the immediate term and I've always got bigger plans. I could pretty much plot out to you where a perfect situation would be over the next five years. Now, the thing I've gotten better about is realizing that that's not realistic sometimes to just think that that's where you're going to be in five years and to get better about having the ability to make a pivot and adjust if things don't go as planned. That was actually a conversation that Brandon and I talked a little bit about last night was, you know, I didn't know that this is where I would be. Uh, like if you would have told me like five years ago that this is where I'm going to be now, this is not exactly what I would have, what I would have thought it was going to look like, but it doesn't mean that it's actually worse or that it's actually better. It just means that it's different. And it's just, it's, you know, I've rolled with what has happened and now I'm, where I'm at here today. So I think definitely planning is a big part of it. And I think also just like, um, 
being very realistic with yourself. As in, you hear this a lot, like having self-awareness is really valuable, but recognizing the fact of, okay, you may actually not be good at something that you really want to be successful at, and like, that's okay. So either you might have to work really hard to get better at it, or find something that you are really good at, or just, sometimes it kind of sucks, because like, there, something that you may want may just actually not fit in with your personality type or may just not actually fit in with what you're going to be able to do. That's not a bad thing. It's just like find ways to reach goals that are obtainable. And also like don't sell your short, yourself short with it. Like I think a lot of people, they just think that they're going to be mediocre at something or they're never going to be super successful. And it's like, well, yeah. I, and it, like the cliche, like, yeah, well, not with that attitude. Like with that attitude, you're probably not. Like, uh, what is it the person that says they can or can't? They're probably both right. Like, I think that there is some truth to that expression. And uh, I don't I don't remember when I, like, well, the first time I heard that, but that was actually one of those, like, little things that I actually thought about. And I was like, this is so profound, whether you say you can or can't. And you think about situations in your life where there's that person who's always counted out who made it. And then there's that person who's always negative. They write all the hate comments on YouTube, and they just never go anywhere. And it makes perfect sense that the attitude is a big part of it. So, yeah, there is a, a certain aspect of the self-fulfilling prophecy. If you, if you start out your journey believing that you're not going to go anywhere, then <laughs> what, what's going to be motivating you to get there? So I think there is, again, when we talk about that manifestation, the power of that, it's a, it's a combination of believing that you can do this, but also putting that belief into action and making it happen. And I think uh, to go back to your discussion on expectations, I think that's a huge thing is managing those expectations because during your plan, things are not going to go you know the way that you'd hope or things are going to be like, wait, this is life? This, how, this is how life works? This is unfair. What what the hell? I've been working my ass off to get here. But that's just going to be something that you got to roll with and um, being able to adapt to that. And and I'm not saying that you can't be upset by it or that it can't hurt because, yeah, that when that stuff doesn't work out that you really care about, it sucks. But I'm just saying that uh, understanding that that is that actually kind of having an expectation that your expectations will be thwarted at some point is part of the journey. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think that that's part of uh, being able to kind of stay above water and, and continue going towards your, your destination. So I kind of feel like the next one is a little bit in, in regards to the whole self-awareness thing. So to blend in like normal, but normal is boring or stand out and get all attention and hearing comments. So this is funny because I actually just listened back to our standing out versus fitting in episode. It's mm-hmm. one of our first like 15 episodes. And uh, we kind of talk about this and my my opinion or perspective hasn't really changed much. It's really just be who you are. And whether that's considered by a societal definition of normal or boring who cares like you don't want to you don't want to like uh well i guess i don't want to tell you what you want or what you don't want but i think there is a certain aspect that i lose respect for when uh somebody is like disingenuinely trying to stand out like the person who just hates everything because then they're just you know they're edgy or 
you know they're cool because they don't like all the stuff that everybody else likes and then there's also like if a person has a certain uniqueness to them and they're deciding to to hone that in because it's not normal and people make them feel uncomfortable i it's that that's that probably is a tough life to live um and so i think if you can just find a way to be yourself regardless of how externally it is taken in um i think it's it's just about finding how you feel within within yourself and who who you are whether that is standing out or whether that's considered quote unquote boring well i think one of the things that strikes me with this is I kind of think that everybody is stands out and everybody is also normal. I think that sometimes people, not that they think that they're too unique, but they need to like recognize the fact that like you could find a commonality between almost any two people. Like pretty much you might've been born in completely different circumstances, but there's probably going to be something that's similar about you. So just, but like, that's not a bad thing. It's not bad. Like I'll, I'll give you something like, Sometimes I'm almost embarrassed to say that my favorite song of all time is Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley because it sounds so basic to say that that's your favorite song because it's just like a, such a well-known um, such a well-known song. But I was like, when I actually think about all my favorite songs, like, that's actually my favorite. And like, it's okay that someone might think that that's a boring answer because at the same time, if you asked me to t- like list off some of my favorite bands and stuff, those would be like a lot less common, but I'm fine with saying that because ultimately that's just who I am. Like I identify as a person who their favorite song just happens to be like a very cliche song, but like the other kind of music I listen to is very much more obscure and that's fine. But that's just me being true to me. So like it's okay to be normal and it's okay to stand out. Like the most important part here is just like embrace all the things about yourself. Don't intentionally try to stand out. Don't intentionally try to be boring just actually be what you are and guess what you're going to be a lot happier (laughs) yeah exactly i think when we seek that external approval whether the approval is uh us just kind of going with the status quo or even if we see approval as like getting attention out of things um i i i tend to think that that's going to be less sustainable in our um i guess overall feelings of fulfillment or happiness because i think when you when you uh depend so much on something that you can't control it's very hard to maintain a equilibrium because you're you're hoping for a certain uh reaction to how you are by other people and you can't control other people so if you just if you focus more on actually who you are and who you want to be and and stay true to that um the only person that you are uh i guess managing expect or not managing expectations but managing their thoughts on it is yourself and you can kind of maneuver through that because it's it's you so i just think that that's easier to manage agreed um (laughs) all right so this next one gets quite a bit more specific so dating younger men, specifically a 50-year-old dating a 39-year-old. What do you think about this one? Uh, you know, this is a little out of my comfort zone just because, I, you know, I've never dated a, a woman that much older than, than me, um, and I don't know anybody specifically. So when it comes to, like, actual experience, I'm not really pulling from anything. But from my understanding of... Uh, psychology and just 
the like human development lifespan development i think um i think once you get past a certain age like especially when you get into your 30s i think age does become more of a number like it'd be different if this was a 30 year old dating a 19 year old i'd say like that's a little i I definitely agree with that i i think yeah I, i think it's just different points of development um and this is this may be a case too where uh, you know, maybe as an older person, you're uh, concerned with how other people think of it. But I'm, but my thought process again is just like if this person is right for you, if you feel like their maturation matches yours, you feel like their worldview matches yours. You're attracted to them; they're attracted to you. They make you feel good. You have similar goals in life. Like you, like you generally have a good time spending stuff, uh, spending time together. Um, who cares? I, I say it's it, it's cool. Um, so that's, that's kind of my thought process. Yeah. I, um, I have not dated anyone who's like that much older than me. So my experience, I think the oldest I've dated, like older than me is like seven years, close to seven years older than me, which is still really not that much older than me. And I don't know, kind of my thought on this is one age is kind of just a number. Like, and if, if I like pulled, not pulled, if I, thought about all the girls that I have gone out with younger, older, and just like all over the board, there's not really like a direct correlation between age and like maturity or like there's, there's a lot of things that kind of factor into it. I 39 to 50, this is an easy one. Like it's not weird at all to me. Like that's completely fine. Um, it's not, I mean, I I think you could easily find plenty of things in common in that situation, but I, I do think it is very much case by case on, the terms of like if it's going to work out or not because there's plenty of 39 year olds who are more immature than 25 year olds <laughs> like there's just a lot of things and people get to things at different times and i think our society like there's certain numbers where we say like you got to be this age to do this um but it doesn't mean that it's a perfect solution to things like people definitely get to things when they get to things yeah that's a good point and, and that's kind of what i mean when it's like if you are paying attention to that stuff like you're the older person and you're paying attention to that stuff um and it it, it isn't there doesn't seem to be this this gap that your age might uh imply there would be then i think that it, it should be just fine I, I don't think that it should have an impact but you're right if if this 39 year old I mean, we could go the other way around. If the 50-year-old acts like a 20-year-old, then yeah, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. the 39-year-old no, no, no. shouldn't be. Yeah, so it's... And, and some do. Like, no doubt. Like, definitely, you meet someone, you're like, my God, like, this is obviously... I mean, as someone who's gone to a lot of bars here in Chicago, you see a mixed bag of people sometimes. You see the person who's, like, 60 years old, who's hanging out with, like, the 20-somethings at the bar. And that person... You know, maybe they're just fun, but maybe they have, like, a serious problem. Like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things that could be going on there. Um, there's just people get to things when they get to things. Or they never get there. That's another possibility, too. Okay. Ways to be empathetic. I'll, I'll, I'll start on this one. I think, one, I, I consider myself an empathetic person, so I think that this this will be a topic that I should be able to comfortably speak to ways to be empathetic is one always hear the person out fully before you give any type of advice. Like I think one of the worst things to do is just start invalidating all their feelings right away. Like, man, I'm so angry that this person said, and then like partway through, you're just like, well, just get over it. (laughs) 
Like that's like the the worst way to be um, it, to to really affect someone when you're trying to be empathetic is to just cut them off and invalidate their feelings. So this is all about making sure that you're not invalidating their feelings. Hear them out completely. Try to find anything within your life that you can kind of compare it to, just to give yourself some frame of a reference, and then start asking them questions to get to the root of how they're feeling. Like, just look for these prying questions because you're not gonna get to an exact similar situation that's happened in your life, but you will be able to eventually pull out some feelings that you have felt before. And when you find one that you can connect with, I feel like that's when you could say, oh, I've felt that way before. What specifically is making you feel this way? And then you can kind of start like, giving a little bit more of the advice side of things because you can be like, you know, when I felt this way, this is what I did. And then you can actually be more helpful rather than just be abrasive. So I'll speak in a more broad sense uh, to, the, to the idea of just developing empathy because I do think that empathy is something that um, some people are born with this ability a little more than others. I think uh, just the, the capacity to take another perspective outside of yourself um, not everybody, I mean, there there are therapists who I've listened talk who said, well, not therapists, but just like uh, psychologists who started out in the clinical field, but they had a really hard time empathizing with people. And so they left clinical and went to just like research-based psychology because they felt like that was a huge detriment to their ability to be clinical and help people through situation. So I guess what I would say if you are a person who's looking to develop that skill set of of empathy, um, a big thing that Steven said is the, the capacity to listen. Uh, a big part when you're talking about becoming empathetic is you have to take a mindset outside of the way that you would see things or the way that you would see the world. Um, and and trying to put yourself in the head of somebody else. And so if you're stuck up and like, that's not how I would see it, or that's that's not how it should go or whatever, then you're not going to be able to empathize with a person. But if you can actually listen to people and really try to take in, okay, where are they coming from? And that's where, like you were saying that like the questions, you know, question, ask, ask, uh, you know, clarifying questions for things so that it can be articulated in a way that you can wrap your mind around, but also just to uh, really take a a perspective of, um, I think that that's a huge key to, uh, to empathizing with people. I also do think that, um, that when it comes to empathy, it's, uh, it takes a lot of patience. So if you can also develop somewhat of a skill set of patience, um, because I think, (laughs) especially when we hear certain situations, if we talk to people that are frustrating for us because of the decisions they make or the thoughts that they have, it can be really easy to count them out. And like, again, like Steven said, to invalidate where they're coming from. Um, but if you really want to get into somebody's head, you have to be more patient with that. Uh, even if they, they don't uh, see things in a way that you think makes sense. Okay. So next one on here is uh, actually involves making a move. So Brandon definitely can relate to uh, making a move because it's something he is currently planning or at least i presume nope <laughs> i told you some planning <laughs> i tell steven <laughs> once a week i'm not moving to chicago <laughs> yeah it's become like a running joke to say this uh but this one here is i'm from new york city and desperately want to change thinking about chicago oh, oh 
What are the steps that you take when moving? How do you execute your plan, and how do you prepare if things might not go your way? Dude, I have moved so many freaking times <laughs> in my life. I should be an expert at this, but I freaking hate it. So <laughs> I like I procrastinate big time. But <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I guess what what are the steps? I'll, I'll take it one one thing at a time. What what are the steps that you take? when moving so well me like i said i procrastinate i pretty much wait till the last second to get everything packed up and uh everything in order that's just with like getting my things together but when it comes to like researching stuff i do try to even steven and i have been talking about making kind of a priority list for things um that we want out of where we're gonna live in chicago so kind of prioritizing what what would be your ideal situation and being okay with the fact that maybe you might not get everything the way that you want it um, unless you're rich and you can build your house exactly where you want to build it and you know whatever the case may be um, kind of making a list and, and trying to find a place that matches as close to that as as possible um, and then obviously taking the steps to find out if you can make it into into that place but I'll stop there and let you answer this first one I think immediately eliminating a certain expectation from the move, like not thinking that when you get, like not thinking that when you get there, the grass is always greener, like just assuming that, oh, when you get there, it just takes away all the problems. Because I think that that's something that I've dangerously done before where I've thought if I just moved somewhere, then it was just automatically going to be better. So that's the first thing I would say, because I think a lot of people, they get this kind of depression when they move and they're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be like. And then they become super impatient towards it. And, you know, it's going to sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get acclimated to a new environment. So don't go into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be amazing immediately. I think after you do that, I think another thing to do is just like definitely bring the things that you're actually like going to need. <laughs> like try, I think they're definitely like a minimalist thing. Like don't over bring like so many things that you just find yourself super, super overwhelmed because a lot of times you're not going to need all that stuff. I think another thing is when it comes to planning, like kind of plan ahead more than I think a lot of people do, which is like, what is near you? Like, is there a gym in walking distance? Is that okay if that there's not a gym in walking distance? Because if you need a gym that's close by and it's not like, that's going to be a way bigger deal than you probably thought on that initial move. Because if it's like a 45 minute walk away, like the, it, where if it was like a five or 10 minute walk, you would go to the gym like three times as often. That's going to really, really make a big difference over the course of a year and over the course of like your time in this new place. So that's super important thing that I would definitely be careful of. And then just being reasonable with how much money you're going to be spending on things. Like don't move somewhere and have an unrealistic expectation of what you should pay for, for rent or like, because I imagine if you did a bad job of your uh, budgeting for something, like I moved to Chicago, I sold my car. I was like, no way am I going to be able to, what I was like, what I was making when I first moved here, no way was I going to be able to afford having a car and live by myself. No way I was going to be able to do that. So just having that like foresight to realize that that was a good move. So things like that really do go a long way. I do want to touch on something that you said that I think is really a, a good point to, um, to mention is if I think it can really hurt you if you're making the move to run away from something 
Um, and this is something that I've actually battled a couple times in my life uh, because I've gone through breakups and there was kind of this mindset of I kind of already wanted to move. And then when the relationship ended, I was like, well, what's what's really keeping me here? But there is there is a certain aspect of just because you move to a new place doesn't mean you're going to escape that heartache or that 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 adversity that you still need to confront like you still need to find closure for yourself you still need to get to a place where you can let things go and move on i think if you if you move to a new place in attempt to run away from stuff your problems aren't going to leave you just because you move to a new area um so i think it, so my advice to that would be find out a way to to come to grips or to uh, move on from whatever it is that you might be facing. Um, and then once you kind of confronted that that aspect, then you can make more of a logical decision on, is this move actually something that I, I want to do? Or is, you know, was this actually just an impulsive thing? Because um, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, but when I went through my last breakup, my, my initial thing was like, maybe I should move back to Nashville and, and go back to doing songwriting. And I was like, maybe I should move to no, Florida. I did not know that, but <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't surprise me because whenever I go through breakups, I always have like irrational thoughts on things. I'm like, maybe I just, just should like shave my head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, so, what? <laughs> so I had to kind of temper that. Like I, I considered it, but then I was like, hold on, take a step back. Let's actually think about your decisions. Let's try to get to a healthier place. And then, uh, after uh, I took some time with it and started to get to a healthier place, that was when the de- I made the decision to go to school. And then when I was at school, then it was this th- thought process of I'm going to take my time with seeing if this is what I want to finish out or if I want to move to Chicago with Stephen. I mean, even coming to Chicago was a possibility after that breakup, but I didn't want to make an impulsive decision that was going to have long-term effects on my life if it wasn't something I was committed to and ready for. And then I was able to, again, being patient is a huge thing with a lot of the advice that I'm probably going to say today. But I was I was patient with myself and waited to make calculated decisions and things to kind of uh, land in place. And then once things were in a good enough place for me to actually make a logical decision, that was when I pulled the trigger to decide to move. So Definitely. Well, I think the next one actually it ties into it. So how to save money. I, I think my advice on how to save money is how, a big part of this is going to depend on how important saving money actually is to you. And what are you saving money for? Because everybody, if they had something super important that they needed to save money on, you're going to be okay at saving money because it's super important. I think a lot of times when people feel a little bit too comfortable, they're not good at saving money because they don't feel like anything is very pressing. But then as soon as that thing, that situation in your life happens where you're like, oh, damn, like now I need money. I wish I had been saving it. So I think the first thing to do is to realize that that's probably the case. Like there's going to come a point where you're going to wish that you would have saved money. So to just instead of having that moment just like be terrible and suck, you should just recognize now that you can get ahead of the curve with that. So any money that you can, that you can uh, stash away uh, you should feel good about. I also think that, like, I don't do a good job of this, but I personally think it's a good idea to actually try to plan a very specific way on how you're going to save money. Like, literally just say, like, whether you have to count somewhere, 
the amount of times that you're cutting back on going out to eat. If you're like, well, right now I'm going out to eat like 10 times a month, but if I cut it down to five times a month, I'll save this much money. Like do something I think very specific like that. And I think it'll help a lot. Like doing anything you can to keep track of what you're spending on so that you can actually like eliminate things is way easier than just like going off the cuff. I think a lot of times people are just unprepared for things. So they just make random choices and when it's super chaotic like that, it's going to be really hard to even know if you are saving up money sometimes. So just being a little bit more strategic with it. Yeah, the easy answer that I'm going to give is just write out a budget. Because <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, we talked earlier about reaching life goals, having a plan. I think having that structure behind everything is super helpful to see the actual numbers on a piece of paper and say, okay, how much money do I have coming in? How much money do I have going out? And being realistic with how much money that you have been spending, um, you know, and, and maybe eliminating some of the things that are non-necessities if you are struggling uh, with this. Now, I know eliminating some of these non-necessities is easier said than done because maybe you wouldn't be having a problem saving money if you weren't spending on these non-necessities. But at some point, if you want to change or if you want things to go in a positive direction, you're going to have to make those sacrifices. So I think getting it on a piece of paper, uh, well, it doesn't need to be literally. <laughs> no, it needs to be a piece of paper. <laughs> getting it on paper and like having the, uh, the structure actually drawn out in a budget form, uh, I think will help you visualize what it is that you are uh doing with your money and maybe help with the saving process so yeah just don't buy dumb stuff i think this can be simplified a lot of times like don't just buy things because you think you should just have like cool stuff if you don't have the money for cool stuff then guess what find a way to make more money and then get cool stuff because i feel like a lot of times people they buy cool stuff before they have the money for it and that's just a foolish idea just don't do it Coming from the guy who literally just signed up for Amazon Prime today, which I definitely did not need that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like the funniest decision ever that led me to it. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to buy garbage bags. Like, I was literally just out. I forgot to buy garbage bags. And I was like, I guess I'll just buy them off Amazon. Dude, we had this conversation like two weeks ago or three weeks ago or something about you like thinking you were out of garbage bags. And you're like, no, I got a couple left. And you still didn't go get garbage bags? I just forgot. So then I was just on Amazon. I was like, I'll just buy garbage bags here. And then while I was at it, I was like, wait, in two days, if I sign up for Prime, I can get these garbage bags. So I signed up for Amazon Prime. (laughs) So maybe don't actually listen to me on how to save money. (laughs) We We got an audience saying, how about setting a limit of what you spend when going to the stores? Do you think that's valuable? Yeah, like... I, I I mean, when I first moved to Chicago, I had a rule where I would not spend more than $30 in a day. And I think that was actually really good because it just gave me something to shoot for. And basically, it told me if I spent less than $30 in that day, then I got to spend more than $30 the next day. But so I don't know. So basically, it's like, you know, one day at 30 and then over three days, if I'm spending less than 90, then I've got a little bit more to spend in the next days after that. I feel like that was kind of a good psychological mindset to get myself into because when you set yourself to that and you have a day where you spend a hundred, you're like, Oh, <laughs> like it doesn't feel good. And then you're way more likely to like realize that you're out of bounds. So maybe figure out what you should spend daily. I'm decided that's what it is. That's I've decided. That's my advice. Figure out what you can spend daily to save enough money that you feel comfortable with it. How about this? That worked for Steven. 
He found a method that works for him. So you find a method that works for you, whether it's daily, whether it's or weekly, do exactly it's as I say. Because if you want to be like me, which I'm awesome, then listen to what I'm saying. It says the I'm guy going against who forgot to buy garbage bags. So because of that, he got Amazon Prime. <laughs> be like me, guys. <laughs> you guys want Amazon Prime or not? Do you want justification for Amazon Prime? Forget how many garbage bags that you have. Lose track. <laughs> It's so funny, too, because Amazon Prime is also something that you and I have talked about in the past. Like, because I have it, and you're like, dude, should I get it? Is it worth it, you think? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And you're like, man, I don't know. And now, the whole, after all of this time, the reason that you did it was because you forgot to buy garbage bags. Oh, my I was, God. I was actually thinking about that. I this is... <laughs> This is going to seem real foolish in hindsight, but oh yeah, my whatever. Freaking God. That's fine. Is that the thing that comes with Hulu? Because you've been... <laughs> no, those I'll the have package to that too? Oh, that's... No, Hulu and Spotify go together. Did you do that? Not yet. <laughs> He's going to have to forget a CD or something in order to, <laughs> to purchase that. <laughs> I'm going to forget a CD. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in someone's car and they're like, dude, pop in. <laughs> Pop and bring me the horizon. You're like, oh shit, I forgot my my CD. All right, let me let me buy Hulu and Spotify real quick. I don't that, know, dude. I'm making that, spurious correlations. That definitely sounds like a spurious correlation. <laughs> That's very spurious. Okay, uh, so right, advice. Wait, I, I think I should speak to this one. Okay, yeah, you you go. First. Advice to growing my YouTube channel. See, what you got to do is you got to gain 150 pounds. <laughs> oh, that's the first part? Yeah. So you got to gain 150 pounds. Then you have to record a video uh, about uh, two friends who um, one of them is having babies with his, his wife, but then finds out that they're having twins, and one of the twins is his friend's baby somehow, and that he used his loofah. See, this isn't coming all together, but if you can somehow structure this, you're going to make it places on YouTube. So that's Wait, what I would it, say. Is that how it worked? That's how it worked, yeah. Wait, is that? Dude, I have 45 subscribers. Dude, show subscribers. me the stats. For, go check my freaking page. 45 subscribers. Oh, 45 subscribers? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm pretty much freaking PewDiePie right now. <laughs> you're pretty much PewDiePie. Dude, are you, you're like a new PewDiePie. I'm the new PewDiePie. So, do you want me to do you want me to talk about this? Too? No, I think we're good. We can move on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll speak to this a little bit. I mean, to be honest with you, I once again, I don't feel very qualified to speak to growing a YouTube channel as I don't have that big of a YouTube channel at all. <laughs> but uh, my little bit of advice, I talked about quite a bit in my thousand subscriber special, which uh, was one. Definitely be consistent. Two, if you find something that people enjoy, like keep making content on it because one, I think you probably enjoy it too because you made it in the first place. And uh, it just kind of gives you some structure. I think a big part of YouTube is just like finding a way to get into a sustainable model. So like for me, when I decided that I wanted to release a video once a week, I had to figure out, okay, if I'm actually going to do this, I can't put too much time into editing each video because if I did then it's not going to get done over the course of a week so what I've done is I've pretty much cut back on all the variables so that I could just focus on 
what I thought my best trait was. So the self-awareness to realize I'm not a very good video editor. I'm I'm kind of funny, but I'm not like a good like clever joke funny. I'm definitely not like mean where I could just like come across as like a basher where I just bash people. Like that wouldn't really be my thing either. So pretty much I just like honed in on what I thought I could do well cut out all the variables, and then now I can release the video once a week, no problem. I'm gonna try to b uh, bump it up a little bit. I also released a lot of live videos, so that was another way that I could produce more content. So just figuring out what's a sustainable model, make things that you like, don't do it to become rich and famous, because if you do that, you're gonna be definitely struggling through the channel, because it's not gonna be fun, it's gonna feel like a job. So for me, it's always just felt fun before I even made any money off of it, and now that I make money on it, it's just a bonus. Good advice. I still think you should listen to my advice on that that particular one, but... Yeah, I mean, listen, also listen to Brandon's advice to combine it with my advice. And then I have one other bit that I think I want to add to this, which is the people who do support you, make, make the effort to, like, keep in touch with them. <laughs> like, DM them, like, talk to them, recognize the fact that, like, you are nothing in terms of... Like, it, it, like nobody will watch your things if you aren't, like... I mean, I guess people still might, but just I don't connecting know. with people. Connecting with people is definitely a good thing because I've made a lot of my collaborations have come from connecting with people who found me and were like, "Oh, I like what you're doing. Can I work on something with you?" And it's like, "Yes, 100 percent." And you meet really cool people that way. Brandon, I feel like the next one is definitely. I mean, you said this one was a good one for you to speak to, but I feel like the next one is even more what you should be speaking to because honestly, like, you're pretty much the, the expert on this one. So the next question is, what can I do? to get a man's attention well you want to get a purse with a lot of beads and wear fishnets but over the top of fishnets you wear a long baggy dress this actually might be your most obscure joke <laughs> i don't even know where the comedy is in this <laughs> Dude, there's a there's an actual Oh no! It's actually gems. It that's from New Girl. That's what Nick tells Jess. To, he's like, "Would it hurt if you got a purse that had some more gemstones?" And she's like, "You want my purses to have more gemstones?" And he's like, "Yeah, guys love when girls have gems." <laughs> so that's what? that's where my joke came from. I, I stole a joke from somebody else, and it wasn't even a good joke. Listen, and then you and then you poorly executed it. I did not poorly execute. I think anybody who watches New Girl and knows that line will be laughing at this part of the episode. I think that joke damaged Boom. me emotionally. That we got an audience like member, LMAO. Get fucked, no, 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 no. Steven. That, Get that, fucked. <laughs> that joke damaged me emotionally. Well, yeah, but you are fragile, so it makes sense. Okay, that's what this is. Uh, how to get a man's... What can I do to get a man's attention? Um... To get to the brass tacks, all right? The brass tacks of this. I don't know. Like, guys are into different things. I mean, honestly, like... No, dude, we're all in the same things. Quit beating around the bush here. What, what, what do you need to do to get a man's attention? Let's, let's not overcomplicate this here. Get to, get to the brass tacks. <laughs> Huge tits. <laughs> dude, you... See, not what? everybody likes huge tits. Some guys are... Our butt guys, and they like big butts. Some people like small butts and small boobs. Some Dude, people like penis. Oh, you, you're, so, you're just going to go physical here, huh? Wow. Now we can see here who the actual nice guy of the podcast is. Brandon's over here. He's just thinking about the 
the aesthetic appearance while I'm over here thinking about the the soul of the person. If, if there's one thing that we know about Steven and I is Steven's the guy who respects women way more than I do. So if there's one thing we know, it's it's that exactly. So that makes sense. All right. So what what do you think all of these women that you respect can do to get a man's attention? Uh, I think take an interest in what they uh what they like to do. You know, someone was like, "Hey, Steven, I like what you're doing." Actually, I would love it if more people did this. I like what you're doing. You're also also maybe like calling someone handsome might might, might be good, might be a good feeling. Like, oh man, uh, you know, compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly feel like I'm like a guy. I I, I <laughs> me trying to ever like respond to this makes me feel like like super old school. Like, oh yeah, you're trying to get a you're trying to get yourself a man, huh? <laughs> Like, wait, so like the, I'm, wait, hold on a second. The yeah, voice that you just did was your old school impression? People, yeah, like, everybody in old school talk like that? Yeah, yeah, like, I don't know. I, this, this yeah, yeah. Of, what you gotta do is you gotta... Yeah, like, uh, yes, yeah, so you, you're trying to find yourself a You're trying to find life. yourself... Hey, Uncle Vinny's down by the docks, right? You go down <laughs> by the docks, right? You get yourself a Philly, not a burger. He won't like that. If you want to get his attention, you gotta go to Vinny with a Philly, all right? He's down by the docks. If you don't bring it to him, Uncle Tony's going to talk to you. You want him to talk to you? That's how the old school does it, all right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got for this. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is, but here's what I'm saying is what you think a guy, a girl can do to get a man's attention, you're thinking of specifically you, and your love languages are going to be different than another guy. Maybe another guy's last love language is words of affirmation. So being told that he's handsome won't do shit for him. Yeah, instead he wants you to buy him like a Rolex watch. No. He's like, wow, they really love me. Instead, you got to get a purse with a bunch of gemstones. Bada bang, bada boom. Let's move on. We're we're moving on. All right. Landing a good job. What do we think here? I guess you got to define what a good job is for you. Because if you're talking about like searching for a passion, you want to turn your passion into work, I think you have to just... um, Again, have a plan to put this thing into action. You know, whether whatever that passion is, if if going to college and and getting a degree will help get you down uh, the path to to uh, being able to live out your passion as a career, then follow those steps and remain consistent. Uh, be patient with that process, and um, and then um, I guess just continue to try to grow within whatever that job is once you get it um if it's something where you're just basically trying to get a job that pays the bills and you you consider that a good job that's all you really want i think you know that'll depend on because nowadays society really values a degree and i don't necessarily agree with that but um getting a degree will a lot of times help you get into a place where you can uh you know land a a corporate job or something that pays a, a decent amount and you can uh, survive off of that. So um, if that's the case, then I would say, you know, follow those those certain steps to get uh, to that place. Otherwise, if you're someone who doesn't have a degree, um, I can kind of speak to when I was working at Jimmy John's, I really prioritized Jimmy John's and working hard at this place. And I started at, you know, being the cashier person, and I worked my way to being on the sandwich line, and then I worked my way to being a 
a shop manager and then I became the general manager. So it was like I actually specifically tried to work hard at this this thing and uh, put in the time and that ended up paying off. So um, I mean, it wasn't the gl- most glorious job, but if you put thing, if you put effort into um, whatever it is that you have, a lot of times you're able to work up the ladder at a place. So that would be the the other way to do it if if you're not going to go the college route. Yeah. Once again, this is kind of tough to answer because it depends on what you're considering to be a good job. But I guess for what I would consider a good job would be something that brings you a general sense of worth happiness and stability so i think if you just kind of like look at those like those components of it i think laying a good job would be dependent on i think like you have to you have to want it i think that's a big part of it is like how bad do you want it how much does it actually mean to you because i think a lot of times people they'll say like man like no good places are hiring and it's like okay yeah that's it's going to feel true sometimes. And like, I know, like there was a stretch where I, I was like, wow, I got a college degree. I feel like I've got like some charisma. I feel like I've got a lot of things going for me and I'm struggling to get a job here. Like I don't even get what is like, what is wrong. And, uh, I think a big part of it is like, if, if you really, really want the job, then like you're one, you should step up and like do more, but you're really competing against, like the other people around you. So like, are you willing to do more than that person is willing to do? Like, for example, just look at like me. I've always wanted to be able to find a way to make money on YouTube. Like that's, this has been a a thing that's been on my mind. It's like, well, if I really want to do that, I'm going to have to work harder than like, you know, 99% of people like don't make much of anything on YouTube. (laughs) Like it's, it's pretty rare. So like, if you want to do that, like out of a hundred people, you're going to have to work the hardest. (laughs) Like, genuinely, like, that's what it's going to take. Like, when people say to become a part of the 1%, like, yeah, some people, they just fall into good opportunities or they come from a really really rich family, but, like, you're going to have to outwork, like, 99 other other people. So, like, if you really want that job, like, it's possible to get to that place. You're just going to have to be willing to make that many sacrifices. And ultimately, it may not be worth it. Like, that's another part of this. Like, it, it's not going to be worth it sometimes to get these jobs, like, for example, me just getting a job on TV was definitely not worth all the things I had to do to try to maintain that positioning because it was just like a miserable experience. <laughs> so I, I think just figure out what it takes to get to that place and then real, recognize, is that really what you want? And if it is, then outwork whatever those other people you have to, like whatever it takes to get to that, like find ways to make it happen and don't feel sorry for yourself. If you're not making progress because it's probably not going to happen overnight. Like anything that's really valuable, it never happens that quick. And if it does happen that quick, be scared because you may not appreciate it enough. Because I think that's actually the one negative in it. Don't be scared. Be scared of it. <laughs> no, don't be scared. <laughs> um, but I do think the the really good point in um, – the not feeling sorry for yourself is I, I do think a lot of times we don't end up seeing the fruits of our labor until way down the road. So you might be busting your ass. I mean, there's probably been a ton of times that Steven's been called me up and say, you know, how come I'm not getting this on my YouTube channel? How come I'm not getting this? But we, we, we sit here today and we're like, dude, 
a year ago, if you would have told me that you had a, a thousand subscribers on YouTube, you'd have been fucking jacked. But there was oh, a yeah. he had to remain consistent with that and and stay true to his plan. And when he stayed true to his plan, he ended up finally seeing some of the fruits of that labor later on down the road. Yeah, that's a good point. You make a lot of good points. You're kind of like good point guy. We're both we're we're good and great point guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That, that's saying that one is good and one is great. I, I was giving you said here. I was good point guy, so I was giving you okay. great point guy. Okay. Do you not I, want to be I, great point guy? I'll no, take great no, point I, guy. I, I, I'll definitely take it. I'll <laughs> I'll make a crown out of it. Wear it on my head. Call me the king. This king is, of taxes. This is uh, one of your worst jokes. <laughs> Coming from the guy who all he does is make bad jokes. All right, let's get out. Let's move on. Been feeling lonely lately. How do you combat feelings like that? What helps you overcome it? This is a good one. Um, well, I think uh, this is something that I've definitely battled with before because I, I myself am a very extroverted person. So you'd think that just put me in a room with a bunch of people and I'll be, I won't feel as lonely anymore, but there's a little more depth to it because I've, I've been in situations where (laughs) to try to combat these feelings of loneliness, I'll just go do kind of mindless social activities. And one of those to me, mindless things is go bar hopping with people. And it's, I'm not saying for everybody it's mindless, but like for, I don't drink and a lot of times there's not really any good conversation that goes on when you go bar hopping. It's all just like observing people around you and getting drunk. So in those situations, and it could be different for other people, but that's kind of what my experience was. And so basically what I'm trying to say is that that social interaction was not fulfilling that that void of the loneliness because even though it was with other people, I wasn't actually getting any substance from those situations. So I think a big part of this is, um, you know, finding people or things in your life that actually have that depth to them to where it doesn't feel like an empty activity or an empty social situation. Like, uh, you know, for me, when I was pursuing music, I would do a lot of like co-writes with people and I would feel very fulfilled it what I I didn't necessarily like the process of writing a song with another person but just in that creative environment in that place where I could work towards something with somebody made me feel really fulfilled in it so I was like oh this is really cool like no matter you know other people could be doing a million other things tonight but I'm sitting here with a buddy of mine who really wants to do music for a living just like I do and we're both working towards writing a song together it's a cool feeling and I I got that social interaction um and and so there there has to be I guess mean it doesn't need to be this huge meaning but there I guess there has to be some sort of substance or depth to whatever activities that you're doing if you're doing a bunch of things in your life that are just empty but you're doing them socially I I still don't think that's going to solve your issues I also think and I'll just kind of wrap this up because I know I'm talking a lot being able to find a place where you're comfortable being alone and uh you know whether it's certain habits whether you work out alone whether you 
uh, work on creative things alone, you know, whether you watch programs alone, like it, if you can get to a place where you're comfortable doing that kind of stuff by yourself, I think it can go a lot a long way because you don't want to become dependent on other people or codependent with a person where you guys are both dependent on each other for happiness. Um, I think it's a healthier way to live life. And I think it actually can combat some feelings of loneliness because you're, you're, um, you're developing skills to be okay in those uh, situations of, of um, I guess, being by yourself. So those are the two, two big things that I'll say. But what about you? Well, this is something that has obviously impacted me quite a bit as somebody who moved to Chicago almost four years ago with no family here. Um, did have a really good friend here. Um, still do have him here. Um, but, yeah, there's plenty of times. I mean, I live by myself, so like, there's plenty of times where I am here and I'm just like, all right, well, it's just me here. And you kind of have to f- to find a way to keep yourself upbeat. And um, as someone who's kind of battled this a little bit over the last few years, probably one of the biggest game changers in my personal life has been finding, like, a cadence for, like, what makes me not feel so lonely and like doing the podcast was actually a good one for me because it just gave me like another thing to work on all the time so like keeping busy is a really good way to keep from being uh or so that you don't feel lonely um so like definitely keeping busy is a big part of this also keeping an open mind so you're going to be lonely if you say no to a lot of things or people are like hey you want to do this and you're like no i don't want to do this well if you become known as a person who always says no to everything well then Unfortunately, you're not going to have that many friends and uh, kind of sucks, but it's the truth that I've had to deal with over the last, I don't know, few years of my life. And um, like, how do you overcome and combat these feelings? You got to find a way to keep yourself busy with something that you're truly passionate about. And then I think the reason why like specifically like this podcast and my YouTube channel and stuff, like why it has helped me so much is it's given me a way to like connect with people who have similar interests as me. Like a lot of people who I have met through the podcast, like they obviously like podcasting or they like doing YouTube or they have some sort of commonality with me that has made it a lot more um, easy for me to have a relationship with them. That makes me not feel like I'm, I'm like feeling lonely. So that kind of stuff. And then reaching out to people when you don't feel good is also okay. Well, I think the point, so I'm going to take two of your points and I'm going to kind of use them as contradictions to each other. So I think a huge part of what you and I have both discovered is mm-hmm. finding the right people. Like, like yeah. you said, your, your creative projects and stuff, you've started to meet this community we, we both have through the podcast. And, and a lot of the time that we spend, uh, you know, obviously we're in two different states, but the time that we spend talking about things or doing creative things together is a lot of times a lot more fulfilling. And I think it's because, you know, we are people that have similar uh things that we like to do and so it doesn't feel as empty i think if you have a situation where you're saying no to a lot of stuff um i think that's okay if it's not the stuff that you want to do i don't think that you should ever put yourself in a situation where you're like well i've been feeling lonely so i should just do this thing that i already know that i don't like that's you know a good for, point. for me like i don't like going to bars I, I've tried it. I've done it a lot because a lot of the girls that I've dated have wanted to do that. And I've I've 
tried to be open-minded and go to that those scenarios a lot and it just it never pans out and part of the thing might be because i didn't go with the right people too so i i think they're a big part of that is maybe you should take a look at so who am i spending my time with am i am i in the right circle should i maybe try to expand my friend group or try to put myself in different situations like one thing i've talked to people about is um I actually started going to therapy and one of the things that my therapist said is hey maybe you look into the community theater and i'm like why have i not thought about this because like i I used to love doing theater when i was a a, a kid (laughs) steven and i talked about like in high school even though i was a, a jock i sat with all the choir kids and all the theater kids and it was because a lot of the 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 subject matter and stuff that we talked about i just i found i was just more um invested in it wasn't uh, this isn't in no way me putting down what the people that were athletes were into it just i connected more with uh that other group of people and so i think a lot of times it is about who you're with not necessarily what you're always doing so um finding that balance between those things i guess is what i'm trying to say I just I just realized what the next question is. Oh, Dude, this isn't really a advice, but fine. I I'll give advice on it, I guess. So it's virgin sex is what the person wrote. You want to so go? This could be first? yeah, sure. I guess I'll talk about it first. I don't, this could be interpreted in a bunch of different ways. So uh, I interpret this as like what. I guess I guess, let me think of how I do it. So it's either it's either you're having sex with a virgin or you're a virgin and you're about to have sex for the first time. Do we want to do we want to give both of them or sure. which one do you think it is? I think it's the latter, but we can do both of them. Okay, if you're going to have sex with a virgin, I guess uh I mean it's probably going <laughs> to it's probably gonna go real good or real bad, <laughs> I would think, by one of the two, because it's either gonna be real good because they got nothing to compare it to, or it's gonna go real bad because the first time could be painful and terrible. So that could be, you know, a lot of possibilities there. <laughs> uh, so, Wait, well, so mean, what's your advice on that? So Are my, you just my saying? My advice is, is flip a coin because you're not gonna know how it's gonna go. <laughs> Make oh them ba- feel comfortable, I guess, and. Uh, Make sure that they want to lose it to you. That's probably a good thing, too. Uh, make sure that you're being a good person. Uh, and then if it's you're talking about, like, virgin sex, so like what? This is, you're a virgin and you never had sex before. My advice would be you're going to be terrible at it. Hold on a second. <laughs> Isn't that the definition of being a virgin? Why did you have to clarify? <laughs> like, Wait, if you're what? a virgin and you've never had sex before. <laughs> It's a, a little redundant, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's just been such a long time for me. I've just lost perspective. All right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, let me think. Yeah, so my advice would be... <laughs> uh, you don't... I mean, you, it's it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. No! Jesus. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing for you. This guy. Uh... You can tell them a little wishy-washy on this topic. <laughs> uh, definitely, yeah. Make sure, make sure you're ready. I think, th- I think that's a good one. Uh, make sure you're ready, for sure. And, uh, oh, man. 
Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Alright, it's a little tougher than I thought it would be. I'm gonna, what am I gonna give like very specific details? Like, well, first you wanna start off by kissing the neck. I'm not gonna. <laughs> oh my god. Actually, now I'm kinda want, but do it in that voice. Okay, so the first thing you're gonna wanna do is speak to them in a very gentle voice. Maybe something similar to this one. In fact, you can literally just take this audio recording, <laughs> put it on your phone, and hold it up to their ear. Hey, hey there. Hey there, pretty thing. This you man are, is about to penetrate you. You are quite beautiful. <laughs> and before you know it, you're going to be feeling great. If I got something to say about it. This but sounds... only if you do, too. <laughs> so this is the audio recording that's going to be playing during uh, somebody's first time having sex. Now, uh, brace yourself for for impact. <laughs> All right, now, now See, follow my guys, rhythm. This is why you one, guys wrote in. two, and three, and four, and Now one, follow and my lead here. <laughs> Thrust, pull. Thrust, I'm not an expert. Pull. <laughs> but I have watched a lot of videos on this, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple favorite sites. If you want to know the names of them. We can discuss these after the demonstration. <laughs> oh, So you're not going to say anything about, like, use protection or... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely. What? <well, laughs> definitely use protection. Make sure they're on birth control. Or unless, you're, unless you're, you're trying to... If this is the first... If you're just trying to have a kid, I guess, and never, never mind that one. All right, I think I've tortured everyone long enough with my response to this question. Can we move on, or you want to add something to this? I think, honestly, I did have some stuff to say about this, but I think <laughs> your response was so good that we can move on. All right. <laughs> I know a much more serious topic. Anything about coping with anxiety and depression? <laughs> as I laugh about it. Yeah. These are very serious things, not to be taken as a joke. So coping with anxiety and depression. I think... Uh, Number one, and this is going to sound kind of redundant as well, but it's developing healthy coping mechanisms. Like, you can cope with anxiety and depression in a lot of ways. You can do a lot of... Taco Bell, yeah. (laughs) Binge eating in general. Like, you can do a lot of stuff that helps you cope with it. But I think if you want to remain healthy and you want to try to uh, limit the bouts of anxiety and depression, I think... Uh, finding the tools uh, within your arsenal that can um, help combat those, not only the phases of anxiety and depression, but the recognition that maybe a bout is coming on so that you know how to prepare yourself for it. Um, But then also maybe if you're in a state of anxiety or like severe anxiety or depression, how to just like kind of ride that wave and get out of it. So in order to find those tools, I think this is when you have to kind of hope to become an expert of yourself, whether that's through therapy. That's, a lot of times that's what therapists will do. They'll, they're not there to fix you. They're there to give you the tools that you can use uh, to help you cope with the things in your life. And so if you're having a hard time finding those tools, I'd say that therapy is a really good thing. Um, for people who maybe have... 
uh, maladaptive cognitions, meaning you're just like you have a lot of thoughts that send you down uh, bad paths, or like you your behavior is impacted because you let your thoughts kind of take power. Um, typically, mindfulness training or meditation, um, and not just like this is something that I had to learn, not just like sitting in, because <laughs> my my depiction of meditation for a long time was, oh, I just sit cross-legged and just like think, I try to clear my head. There's, there's an actual, you can do guided meditation where you actually have a voice that helps you acknowledge your thoughts. You don't invalidate your thoughts, but you can let them go. So it actually does train your brain to manage thoughts. And uh, there's more and more research coming out on this, but uh, so far, the, the results of what guided meditation and mindfulness training can do are really impactful for people who have the, the hardest thing that they deal with are like racing thoughts or troubled thoughts or, or just uh, a wave. And this is my biggest problem. I, I, my brain goes a million miles an hour and a lot of times I follow thoughts that end up like protecting me from uh, difficult emotions, but then in order to protect me, I do things like shove the emotions down by eating or uh, by shutting out the outside world or you know whatever. It's it's bad coping mechanisms. So finding the tools, uh, whatever those tools may be, and also just um, giving yourself don't don't lose hope if some of the tools that you try out aren't successful at first because everybody's different. Therapy doesn't work for some people. And even within therapy, there are different kinds of therapeutic methodologies. There's psychoanalysis, there's cognitive behavioral therapy, there's music therapy, art therapy in general. Uh, you know, there's um, uh, DBT, uh, there, EMDR. There's all these different kinds of therapeutic methodologies that you got to find if you're going to do therapy or if you're going to, whatever you're going to do, you got to find what ends up working for you. There's not going to be 100% perfect fix that's going to work for everybody across the board. So be patient with that process and don't lose hope if you can't find it right away. Hmm. Uh, well, I definitely think that I struggle more with anxiety than of depression, but I think my anxiety a lot of times just comes from not knowing what to do with myself and feeling a lack of confidence in something are like the two main things that cause me the most anxiety. So what I try to do to combat a lot of my anxieties is I try to get ahead on things. So if there's something that I foresee as something that could be a big trigger to my anxiety, I try to whether like if I could do extra research, for example, it might cause me anxiety if I don't see how I'm going to get a YouTube video out that week. So a lot of times I'll try to like record multiple in one day so that like in the future I have a backlog of something in case I'm not feeling up to recording a video. So then that will cut back on my anxiety. The same thing will go for work if I know I've got like a big presentation coming up and um, I'm stressed out about it. Then I'll just put in a lot of work to get myself ahead of it so that I'm not cramming at the last minute. That's what I did in college a lot too. That helped me cut back on a lot of my anxiety. When it comes to depression, I like to get to the root of what is really making me feel like sad or or like there's usually like an underlying thing that's making me feel bad. Or if there if I really can't get to the root of it and I've just been feeling bad, which is it's usually pretty rare. Um, I recognize that this will pass at some point and then I just start doing 
all the things that tend to make me happy. I just concentrate on those. So if it's like, I like listening to music. I like doing my creative projects. If I need to be by, need to be by my family, I have a general rule where if I'm feeling depressed, I usually, and this is dangerous. So be careful with how you do this, but I like to shake something up when I'm feeling depressed and not like, you gotta be careful with this because Brandon and I have talked about this before where it's like, you don't want to make any big decisions when you're feeling depressed. But at the same time, like if you've just been coming home every day after work and just like laying on the couch, then like just sign yourself up for like a class of some kind or it's like, Oh, I have to go in one day a week to do stand up comedy or like just put yourself in a position that you're doing something that's out of the ordinary or like go out that night that you're feeling kind of down when you're like, Oh, I don't know if I should do it. Just do it. Cause a lot of times those are the moments that help like break you out of this sort of pattern of feeling depressed. And a lot of times it's, it's helpful for me. Yeah. Well, and I think a big thing with that last part is don't be afraid for, to get help, whether that help is just going and doing a class that doesn't really have anything to do with tackling your anxiety, but you're just putting yourself around people that maybe lift your mood a little bit. Exactly. A lot of times the, uh, fear that we kind of get locked in is trying to handle this by ourselves. And, a lot of times that ends up being, I mean, that's that's one of my faults in dealing with my anxiety and my depression over the years is <laughs> sometimes I think that I overestimate my my own like self-awareness or intelligence. And so I think, oh, I can, I can just get through this. I can figure it out. I know, I know the tools that I have, but that's why I ended up going to therapy because I was like, well, I do know this stuff, but I'm obviously not putting it into action because I don't feel healthy. So... I need help. And it's, there's no shame in saying that. Like it, it's okay to, to, to get assistance, especially if it leads you to a healthier, better lifestyle. So. Yes. Yeah. Very, very true. Last, last one on here. Let's end it on a great one. Getting the girl of your dreams. Now I think Brandon and I can both relate to this because as a couple of men who are definitely with the women of our dreams, I mean, I don't even know where to start. How do you want to? How do you want to articulate this? We, we can all tell that you don't know where to start. By the way, that you're trying to say this <laughs> this point. Um, well, this is actually something that we have kind of talked about um, in in a in a different way. Uh, I think that defining a girl of your dreams, I think, is dangerous because there's a certain power dynamic when it comes to relationships. If you put people on a certain pedestal. Um, that's above yourself as if like they're this unbelievable goal to reach and you are just a person that's trying to trying to get to that a lot of times you're not going to see yourself as their peer you're not going to see yourself as their equal and so I think that power dynamic can be a, a detriment to a healthy relationship so I think ultimately the girl of your dreams is going to be the girl that's right for you so whether it's who you think that they they should be or you 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 got a huge crush on somebody whatever i think um as long as you're able to recognize them as a person and as a a person that you are equal to and that you uh can relate to or that you um actually have it have a um a dynamic that will be a healthy relationship rather than somebody who's always doing for somebody else because you think that they're this dream person and you're just this person that somehow got them um you'll you'll find that naturally through uh being yourself and um 
them being attracted to who you are just like you are attracted to who they are. So it's a lot more natural than you would imagine it would be. Like you can be attracted to someone and, and strive for them, but not putting them on a pedestal because then the dynamic gets really out of whack. Yeah, I don't have too much to even add to that. I, I, I think Brandon and I had kind of just talked about this. So that kind of combines my thoughts on it as well. I think uh, the only thing that I will add just to even – add like a additional point of clarity is like the girl or guy that you have in your head of like what you think is the girl of your dreams could be completely not actually what you end up with or how you like it just you have no idea and uh any expectations that you set on it i think is sometimes just like kind of dumb and like if you're fighting so hard to be with someone who just doesn't want to be with you like that's a good sign that's probably not the right person so i think just like uh be very open-minded to this fact that this stuff doesn't play out the way that you expect we really covered everything my final thoughts are thank you all for writing in your advice questions i really enjoy doing these ones a lot i uh, had a lot of fun with this one i like the variety in the questions don't ever hesitate to ask us things even we when we're not doing an advice episode because maybe we'll uh make an Instagram TV post about it or any number of different things. And uh, you guys are all great. Yeah. It was honestly awesome to see. I mean, this was 14 questions. We actually had a couple more, but a couple of them were pretty much the same thing. So we, we had to combine them. Um, But yeah, it was so cool to see both, both of us getting hit up with all these different questions on things that, that you guys wanted to know uh, or wanted to hear our thoughts on. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, did you have any recommendations for people to walk away with after this episode? Uh, no, I've just been watching a lot of, uh, impulsive. And then now I've been also, which is, you know, it's a Logan Paul podcast, so I don't feel the best for, uh, giving him praise, but they also have the night shift, which is Mike, who's another person on that show. And I've been watching that lately and getting, um, I, I just think it's interesting. I, I'm just, I'm very much fascinated just to see where, all this future of these social media stars, like kind of like what the next big trend is. Cause you know, podcasting has obviously become really, really big, but I think it's interesting to see these like mini podcast things that have showed up as well. Cause uh, I kind of want, I mean, that's kind of like what my YouTube channel is a little bit. So I feel like I probably, that's probably the reason why I like this kind of stuff. Yeah. I got two things. Um, so I got a song called mindless town by Roman Lewis Uh, discovered on Spotify and I I'm really digging it and then uh, if you guys are fans of Bill Burr the comedian he has a new special out on Netflix called Paper Tiger I really like him because he does talk about some uncomfortable things now sometimes he sounds really ignorant with the way that he talks about them but I think I think he is his comedy is a lot more intellectual than he'll even give it credit for and it makes me think about things in a different way which i really appreciate so if you're okay with uh being uncomfortable with some of that stuff i would definitely check that out and uh yeah next week we're gonna have a discussion on intelligence that's gonna be a good one now that's definitely something we can give advice on being a couple of intelligent guys at least up to this point until we take the quizzes and I come back with like a 42 IQ and I'm like well (laughs) Well, maybe we shouldn't have done that advice episode (laughs) (laughs) our next advice episode will be just don't listen to anything we say at all because we have really low IQ scores (laughs) 
Um, I'm looking forward to that one too. It'll be a little different than anything we've uh, done before. So should be good. Uh, if you guys have any more comments or questions about this episode or any previous episodes, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, EMG pod is our handle on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us emgpod at gmail.com or you can find me Brandon J flippin. That's my handle for Instagram and Twitter or Steven at Steven Russell B for Instagram and Twitter. Do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we are we now have a goal to try to get to 100 subscribers. Oh man, we're putting this on the podcast. We're now putting we're it on it. Yeah, we're it. throwing it out Dude, there. I love I love the accountability now that we have. Like now we're gonna feel like trash if we don't get to this number. So let's let's make it happen, guys. Let's do it. We have a goal to get to 100 subscribers by the time I move to Chicago, so that we can kind of hit the ground running. Honestly, I really do. If if I can plug anything, it is our YouTube channel because even if you don't like listening to our entire episode we post highlight videos on there every single day um from past episodes or from the episode that released this week uh so check it out because it's it's going to be content every single day and it's 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 fun stuff so subscribe to that or follow us on all your podcast apps if you're just an audio person you just like to listen to stuff um subscribe uh, give us a comment, uh, review. We're, we like those reviews as well. We're big words of affirmation, guys. So definitely some affirmation, guys. T- tell tell us we're handsome in the comments. That's uh, that's about it. We'll talk to you next time.